Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. Today's Bible reading is taken from Mark chapter 10, verses 42 to 45. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Good morning, church. It is exciting to be here to kick off our Easter series, Buried to Bloom. And when I think about Easter, I think about our typical rhythms like Easter eggs and waking up and looking at all the chocolate at the end of the bed and going to church and hearing about how Jesus died for our sins and rose again. Uh, But as I think about them, I start to think about the rhythms that we usually have and whether we need to start looking at some different things as well. Like, don't get me wrong. I honestly believe that looking at the death of Jesus and the resurrection is is fundamental and foundational to who we are as as followers of Jesus. And at Easter, it's a perfect time to do that. Uh, Jesus even told us to do that uh, in the communion taking is to remember his body and his blood. But uh, as I start thinking about the rhythms that we do typically in Christendom around Easter, I'm reminded of a movie. And if you know me, you know I love movies. And this movie is called The Last Samurai. It's one of my favorites. And there's a, it's, it's the story of Tom Cruise, by the way. I don't like Tom Cruise typically in any movie, but this one I enjoy. And Tom Cruise plays this guy, an American guy, who goes over to Japan and he's enlisted by the Empire of Japan to fight the last remaining samurai. There's only a few left because the Empire of Japan is becoming westernized, but the samurai are living by the traditional ways. Tom Cruise trains up the army to go and fight the samurai. And in their first battle, he's actually captured by the samurai and he gets taken to their their base. And when he's there, the snows set in of winter and he's stuck there and he has to stay there all season. When he's there, he starts to, to look at their way of life and he starts to appreciate their way of life and the simplicity of the way they live and by their convictions. And he actually becomes one of them. And in the next battle scene, after the winters have all gone, he, he, he goes with the samurai and their leader, who is named Katsumoto, who has become a dear friend to him. And they go and they fight the Empire of Japan. Now, the Emperor of Japan is, is torn. He's in two worlds. He, he, he wants to be westernized like the West, like, like America, but also he, he, he values the traditions of the samurai. So when they fight, it's a bloodbath and the sl- it's a slaughterhouse. The samurai are all killed, except for Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise is taken to the emperor and the emperor stands there before him, again, torn, both worlds. And he says, Katsumoto, I value him as a leader. Can you tell me how he died? And Tom Cruise's character says the most poignant thing. He says, I'll do better than that. I'll tell you how he lived. And I think that's one thing I really want to focus on this Easter. We are going to talk about Jesus' death which was so vital to us being reconciled to God, but also the power in that, that he was resurrected. But I think it's important to start with looking at how Jesus lived, not just how he died. And the question then is asked is, what was Jesus' life all about? Can his life and his ministry and his purpose be be summarized into one single word? And I wanted to see if I could. And I actually did a case study 
and I jumped on Facebook and I went onto a, a group in America called Youth Pastors Only. That has over 30,000 members. And I asked them this question. I said, can you summarize the life of Jesus and his purpose in just one word? And this is what I got back. I had 66 responses within half an hour. Of those 66 responses, 38 uh, answers. And of those 38 answers, 28 were singular, meaning that they didn't, no one else, 28 of them, no one said the same thing twice. And I started to scratch my head a little bit and go, man, there are so many ideas of who Jesus is. Like the number one answer was love. Jesus' ministry and purpose is love. Number two was he's the way maker and the savior, perhaps because of the popular song. And number three was redeemer. Um, and I even got chastised by a few people and, and questioned, why are you trying to summarize Jesus' life in one word? It cannot be done. And what it showed me is that Jesus' character and his mission and his purpose and his life uh, is so multifaceted because none of the answers of the 66 responses, no answer was heretical. They were all theologically accurate. See, Jesus is so much to so many. And to say that he's, he's pigeonholed is just one thing is really, really difficult to do. In fact, it could be wrong. But when we open up the scriptures and we look at Mark and we look at Jesus' own words, he says this, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. You see, when we open up the Gospels and we read about Jesus' life, we see he is multifaceted. He is loving. He is compassionate. He is merciful. He's generous. He's caring. He has a genuine care for people. And all of this culminates in the display of serving others and giving himself away. Yes, I think that it's impossible to, to limit Jesus' life to one single word. But I think the word perhaps that we could come closest to is servant. Jesus was a servant for others. The question has to be asked then is why did Jesus serve? Because he didn't have to. He's the king of kings. He, he, he was involved in creation. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there. He's involved in all this. He is equal member of the Trinity, and yet he comes and serves. He didn't have to do that. No one would bat an eyelid if Jesus came just to rule, but he came to serve. So why? And I think there's three reasons that we can look at Jesus' life and say, you know what, I can see why he's serving. So for those taking notes, let's look at those three reasons. The first one is this. He loves now, it might sound really, really basic and even too simple, maybe too elementary for to look at this and go, you know what, Jesus loves. Well, of course he does. I've learned about that in Sunday school from a very young age. We need something a bit more meaty. But the foundational truths of the kingdom are simple. I don't believe God teases us with, with riddles, with the simple truths of the, of the kingdom. And I think that this is one of them, is that Jesus loves. You know, Jesus was selfless. He, he put others first, and he had a genuine care for others. You know, the gospel is filled of Jesus seeing the unseen and loving the unlovable. Because that's who he was. He had a genuine care and a genuine love. You know, in Mark 5, we read the story of Jesus getting out of a boat, and he's approached by a man named Jairus. And Jairus comes up to Jesus, and he, he's frantic, and he's like, Jesus, you have to come and heal my daughter. She is sick. You have to come and help me. I know you can do it. But Jesus is busy. He's doing something else, but he sees Jairus' need. And he has a genuine care and love for Jairus. So he, he's interruptible and he goes with Jairus. 
And then on the way to Jairus' house, we see the story amidst that story of the woman with the issue of blood. And she reaches out and she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And all the power goes from Jesus. And he says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, everyone's around you, Jesus. I don't know why you're asking who's touching you. And he says, I felt power go from within me. And the lady comes before Jesus. She's frightened. She says, it was me. This is what I did. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. He had a genuine care and love for her, but he was doing something else. You see, Jesus was interrupted. And then in the midst of that interruption, he was interrupted again. And not once did he show a decrease in love and care. How many of us can say the same thing? Is that when we're busy doing something and someone needs us, that we drop everything for them because we love them and we care for them. Even the people we love and care about most, our family, there are times where we're not interruptible. But Jesus was. In fact, you look through the Gospels and a lot of the times that Jesus uh, met the need of somebody and served somebody, he was on the way somewhere else. And what made him so interruptible is his genuine love and care. And I love how, how John Jorgensen says it. He says, our willingness to serve people only runs as deep as our love for them. And this Easter, I want to encourage you that God loves you that Jesus has a genuine care for you, a genuine love for you, and he wants to serve you. Not just in the sacrifice that he's had by dying on the cross, which he has, and it's a wonderful gift, but in the everyday, he wants to serve you. He's interruptible because he loves you and he cares for you. The second reason I believe Jesus served is because he examples, and I don't want to talk too much about this because we're going to talk about it next week. But imagine this. Imagine you're given 24 hours to live. I don't know how that news came about, but you know that you've got 24 hours to live. What would you do with that 24 hours? Would you spend it with your family? Would you go and eat the food that you've been holding off eating because you don't want to gain weight? And would you just go crazy? Would you say things to people, whether positive or negative, that you've wanted to say for a long time? What are the things that you would do if you knew you only had 24 hours left on this earth. Personally, I would go and I would shut my door in my house and I would go and spend it with my family. I would ignore the rest of the world and I would, I would, I would sit with them and I would, I would love them and spend time with them. And I would impart to my kids that, that they'd have to keep following Jesus. You know, if we're honest, most of the, us would have pretty selfish things in our 24 hours. But you know what Jesus did knowing he only had 24 hours to live? He washed feet. You know, in John chapter 13, 14 and 15, Jesus says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. This is the King of Kings. This is the God of creation. He is magnificent and marvelous. He was there before time began and he'll be there forever. He's the one that died for your sins. And yet he's sitting there on his hands and knees in the dirt, washing the dirty feet of his disciples. Does this seem wrong to you? Does this kind of seem backwards? Does it seem scandalous? If you say yes, there's a reason that it might feel that way. It's because it is. It's crazy that the God of the universe would wash people's feet. 
that the God of the universe would lower himself so much to being a servant to man. I love how it says in Philippians, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this, what I really see in this text, no one is too good to wash feet. No one is too good to be interruptible. No one's too good to show genuine love and no one's too good to serve. If serving is below you, the kingdom is beyond you. Jesus served, we serve. But the reason also that sounds so scandalous is because of our third reason why I think Jesus served is because he lives the kingdom. He was showing us what it meant to live in the kingdom. You see, not unlike today, the culture of then was that leaders didn't come down and do that kind of thing. Kings stayed in their palaces. Officials stayed in their offices. The people that served were the slaves, not the kings, not the teachers, not the, definitely not the rabbis. But Jesus did that. When was the last time Scott Morrison ran around to your house and vacuumed your carpet? Leaders don't do that. But Jesus was showing us what the kingdom is. Jesus was living an upside down life. And let me show you what the kingdom looks like. It's a place where rabbis serve. Where the least are the greatest. The last are the first. The poor are the richest. The unworthy are the worthy. And kings wash dirty feet. Kings wash dirty feet. And the reason Jesus did this was to bring glory to the Father. You know, there's a, a term in the soccer world that the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. You see a soccer shirt on the front here on the crest, that's the team logo. But on the back is the player's name. And the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. You know, you can be the best soccer player in the world. You can have all the amazing skills and that's wonderful and that's appreciated and bring that to the table. But the reality is the name on the front is more important. It's a team game. What's our team? It's the kingdom. You might have wonderful skills in, in putting videos together. That's not your gift for you. That's for the kingdom. You may have great skills in preaching and teaching. That's not for you. It's for the kingdom. You may have, have money that you can actually help with projects and giving to people who need it. The reality is that's not your money. It's for the kingdom. Whatever you have, your gifts, your talents, your time, give it away. The more God gives you, the more you can give yourself away. That's how Jesus lived. And that's how we should live too. Jesus served because he was representing the kingdom. Jesus gave God the glory because he was representing the kingdom. Jesus loved everyone and you and me because he's representing the kingdom. This Easter, let's celebrate the fact that Jesus gave up his life for us. 
that because of that, we can be reconciled to the Father. He rose again, defeating the power of death. The veil has been torn. We can have direct relationship with God, not just in the future, but right now. Let's celebrate that this Easter. But also let's celebrate how he lived. Let's celebrate the servant heart of a king. And let's take it on for ourselves as well. I hope you're encouraged by that. As I've been preparing this message, God's been challenging me to me in ways to be more interruptible, to show more of a genuine care and love for people. And when we live that way, we're living the kingdom. It's going to seem weird at first, but that's because it's an upside down life. It's the life we're called to. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for everybody watching today. I want to thank you that they've chosen to tune in and that that the words that have been spoken today, God, you've ordained for them to hear them this morning. I ask that you would uh, reveal the character of your son to us in new and fresh and exciting ways, God, that when we open up the scriptures, that that Jesus would just jump off the pages in, in, in amazing ways, God. Challenge us to live more like you. Jesus, thank you for coming and being the example for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and showing us that we can be in relationship with God right now. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for revealing these truths to us. Thank you for everyone watching. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.